Welcome to episode 207, a special Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. I am your host, Justin Shanlin, and this is episode 207 of Shanlin on Batman. And we have the co-host, the Mr. Cornbread himself, Kyle Davis. I'm in a cornfield. <laughs> People are not going to understand that what that means. No, no. What you need to do is you need to screenshot this picture. <laughs> Make it the picture for the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> or, or what you need to do is I know you hate Twitter and X, but that's your way. To, that's the only thing you just tweet from now on. Is just your the screen. The, just your, tweet me it being in a picture of corn behind me. <laughs> Different corn. <laughs> Different corn every time. <laughs> a different vegetable. A different field. It's like, today is an eggplant day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard the rumors about Kyle, so. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny these rumors. So on today's episode, yes, like I said, it is a special Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. I am literally eating pumpkin pie as we're recording. Um, but today's episode, we're going to be talking about casting news for Superman Legacy. And I also, as we're talking about casting news, I want to ask Kyle and kind of like talk about um, the characters that are in Superman Legacy. So what do you want to do first, Kyle? Do you want to talk about the the the, the news that's broke this week or... Let's rip off the Band-Aid and talk about the latest casting news. So, I am so unprepared because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let me find. So we got a whole host of characters cast in Superman Legacy. So let me pull up the trusty old IMBD. It seems like there's been um, a lot of characters being cast in this movie recently. You've a lot, like three, three characters were cast in Superman Legacy this week. Um, we had uh, Miss Tessmacher, which I was kind of surprised to uh, hear that Miss Tessmacher is going to be in it. Um, you have the Engineer that was just cast at, in Superman Legacy, and then Lex Luthor. Has been cast as in has been cast in Superman Legacy. So just uh, just some overall thoughts. You have Sarah Sampaio, who's just been cast as Eva as Eve Tessmacher. You have Maria Gabriella de Faria being cast as one of the members of the Authority, and then the big news. Um, his deal hasn't like you know finalized, but. The offer's been made. They both accepted essentially, but they're, I'm I'm guessing because of the Thanksgiving holiday, they're just ironing out you know the details because you know this is going to be a long-standing contract over multiple films and you know uh, different uh, iterations of this character will be showing up. You know, like I would say different iterations, but you know Lex Luthor's going to show up not just in Superman, but you know obviously an eventual justice league or, you know, anything that's like, these are going to be like super uber connected. So, you know, you're going to have these, you know, Lex Luthor. So let's talk about, uh, Sarah Sampaio and Maria Gabriella de Faria. So when you heard, when you heard that Eve test, like we're, I, I assume you're a big Superman, the movie Dick Donner, Superman film, uh, fan of that film, you know, and Eve Tessmacher is, you know, the, the, I guess, sidekick of Lex Luthor. I really don't yeah, take... Yeah, uh, I guess that's one way of putting it. You know, I really don't... You know, I, Otis to me is like the, you know, the comedic relief. 
I don't take, you know, him being a sidekick very seriously. Um, and there's definitely the emotional moments in that film with Tess Mocker, you know, because essentially she does save Superman at one point where the kryptonite is like literally like worn as a necklace over Superman. So any thoughts on, you know, another member of the authority or Eve Tessmacher being cast? I wish I had thoughts on this, but I, I, I just feel a whole lot of nothing. I don't like it or I don't dislike it. I'm just like, oh, yep, that's that's a thing. Well, it's interesting because I didn't think like they would do. I didn't think they would be going and you because Tessmacher is not a Superman character that was, you know, created in the comics. No, the character was created during you know the Dick Donner film, so it's interesting to see that James Gunn is kind of going back. I wouldn't say paying homage to the character, but using that character again, where you could have you know you could have gone. Any like I, other- I suppose in a way, it definitely is uh, a testament to James's desire to really stick more to the old school classic style of Superman and having that character. And there is definitely. Uh, an allusion to that so for people that were worried it was going to be just like another man of steel that does not seem like that's the direction he's going with this for sure um it'll be interesting obviously i feel like in where i'm at right now with the film like it kind of feels more bbs than anything and we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah, we'll and get like into not, that <laughs> and not and not i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be facetious here but like there's a lot of characters in this film. You know, you got Mr. Terrific. You got Jimmy Olsen showing up. I Sorry. mean, some of those characters make sense, like Jimmy Olsen. But you there, there are other characters where I'm like, I don't know if they need to be in this movie. Like Guy Gardner, Metamorpho, you know, Hot Girls in it. Uh, Scott. Right. Is, like we're we're almost movie. encroaching on, like, being a Justice League type movie, unfortunately. Right. And, like, I'm interested, like, the guy they cast as Jimmy Olsen looks literally ripped from the comics. Hmm. Did you see that? I have seen that, yeah. Like, like literally, like, I've, like from the comics, from the, it looked, has, like, an animated series look, too. I just hope that this version of Jimmy Olsen isn't, like, killed off in the first ten minutes and not a CIA <laughs> agent. Well, no, they, they would never do that in a Superman movie. That, like, that, like, that would what? never happen. That one of my biggest complaints about Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman is that is having yeah. Jimmy Olsen and like I get it. it, like it you're try- I I know he had his own creative vision for the movie, but doing what he did in that felt so disrespectful to a fan favorite character. And like I get it, you're trying to you're trying to like make these characters, you know, come into the 21st century, you know. And maybe not having, you know, a photojournalist, you know, a photographer for, you know, the local newspaper maybe isn't super meta anymore. Um, but just to, like it's one thing to have him like be a CIA agent, which it was I was like, wow, that's like kind of like a cool idea. Like he's a photographer and like his cover story for being in the CIA is a photographer. It goes around, you know, and plants himself into different, you know. Uh, parts of the world, you know, with, you know, journalists and everything. Um, and then just to like kill him off in the first 10 minutes, I was like, I was like, ooh, this is going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting how they kind of like play this film. So, um, that would definitely is one of my big complaints with BBS was that. Um, but just to get someone who looks like, you know, like the actual like comic Jimmy Olsen is very interesting. Um, I don't know. Just there, right, it's like some aspects are very comic accurate and some other aspects are very accurate to the Donner films. So, there's so. not a lot of like, you know, there's not a lot for us to kind of like add to, you know, like these people being cast in these, in these roles, you know, I've never seen Sarah Sampaio, you know, as an actress, I've never seen Maria, Gabriella De Faria as an actress in anything. I've seen, you know, Skylar Gisando, you know, when Skylar was playing a small character in the final season of Everybody Loves Raymond, which was, you know, back in 2004, 2005. I haven't seen him in anything since. 
So like for me to comment on, you know, like I'm so excited, like obviously the engineer is going to be cool, you know, another member of the authority showing up into Superman legacy, having Eve Tessmacher back, you know, it's kind of like a nod to the Donner film in like a, like a way. And then obviously having like a character like you, like Jimmy Olsen and like Superman are like, you know, like Batman and Robin or, you know, like Stark and Jarvis type of a situation. So like just having him into the, into the film was interesting. I didn't think that they would be using Jimmy Olsen to be honest, but to see Jimmy Olsen, um, in the film is super interesting. No, I I think Jimmy Olsen fits in a, uh, I'm almost hesitant to say it's like a origin film, a younger Superman type of setting. Um, because I, I feel like from this point on where if like where I think James Gunn wants to take the universe, it's going to be harder and harder to fit Jimmy Olsen in to a story. So I, I think it fits here and now. Um, it, I agree. I agree. It just, it just, it, it just kind of, I just, I'm just worried that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this here shortly. Just are people, are characters going to get shortchanged in this film? Are people going to be upset that they're not going to see a ton of Jimmy Olsen? You know, um, super, like you said, a fan favorite. Uh, and then comes the casting of the baddie in the film. One of them, because I've heard from multiple people that Brainiac is the actual villain in this film where <laughs> Lex Luthor kind of plays, I wouldn't say like a, like a background villain, but just kind of like, Superman basically is facing off against Brainiac with Luthor in the background, essentially. So yeah. uh, that, that makes sense. So, you know, like, I guess the way to kind of describe it is, you know, Brainiac is the Clarence Bodiger to Robocop. And then you obviously have, you know, you know, um, shit, what's his name from who's the C like the, not the CEO of of OCP, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Dick, you're fired, you know, that. Yeah, guy. yeah, the, the head honcho there. Like, yeah. So that's kind of like how it's going to, like how it's been kind of explained to me um, of how they're going to be kind of rolling out, you know, these characters. If Brainiac is still in the film, as of last, I knew Brainiac was in the film still, so super interesting. But Nicholas Holt. Very curious your thoughts of Nicholas Holt being cast as Lex Luthor. Definitely not my first choice. Definitely not my right. last choice. I'm very mixed on it. We'll talk about that here. Um, I had like another. I had like two other people I wanted to see. I would love to have seen one of the Skarsgård brothers as uh, Lex Luthor, especially the one who played uh, in John Wick Four. Or did you see John Wick Four? I'm so behind on John Wick. I, I've only seen the first two. Like, if you watch John Wick 4, you'd be like, why is that guy not Lex Luthor? <laughs> like, I'm being so for real. Like, I, th- Lex- I think we had this conversation at some point. I think you even sent me a clip to watch. And I was like, oh, my God, he's actually great in this. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, like that, like, we the Lex Luthor we've always wanted but never got. The calculating, the smart, the sophisticated um, that we've always wanted. Like, you know, obviously Kevin Spacey was much more sinister than what we got from, you know, kind of like up a take on, you know, the Gene Hackman character. And then you got, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's version of Lex Luthor in BPS. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's what it yeah. was. Um, but Nicholas Holt, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm, I'm mixed on the news. Uh, I want to say up front that I do like Nicholas Holt as an actor. I think there are certain roles that he just crushes and is really good in. My concern is that I, I don't think he has the widest of ranges of uh, the type of characters he can portray. And I'm a little hesitant that Lex Luthor, a, a traditional Lex Luthor, I should say, is, is going to fit into that little mold of his. Mm-hmm. So if he is going to be playing the character, I'm a little worried that he's going to be doing kind of his own spin on it, which is which I mean, on the service, that's not a bad thing. But like, I almost feel like it's going to end up being another Mark Zuckerberg type Lex Luthor with him being the one in the role. But I, I hope I'm wrong on that. 
Well, it's interesting because you we've seen Nicholas Holt in different films, you know, from X-Men First Class, which I don't know if you've seen it recently, ages poorly. I really don't care for him. As I, I'm not a big fan of his beast. I'm not, I'm not a fan of his beast at all, to be honest. Um, I think he's fine. I just I, there's something about it. Like I preferred him as uh, Beast in Days of Future Past, where he was p- kind of like playing the kind of the sidekick to Charles Xavier, but wasn't in full Beast form. Whenever he's in full Beast form, I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. Um, I just don't like the makeup. I don't like what he does with the character. I don't like what he does with the role. But when he's like in quote unquote human form, like I think is fine. I took a lot of heat for this on Twitter saying, you know, he's a fine actor, but I like I'm sort of mixed on him be playing Lex Luthor. And I, like, it's weird. Like recently, Kyle and I have like been seeing like strangely, I wouldn't say eye to eye on things, but mostly <laughs> like it's been kind of interesting because usually we have we have like the exact opposite taste. I mean, I can't even get the man to watch Oppenheimer. And uh, <laughs> but it's just been interesting to kind of like here like hey like i'm mixed on it. i too am mixed on it i'm i'm looking forward to what he brings to the role but i'm very hesitant i'm not saying like i'm hesitant like oh my god he's just gonna be this is gonna be awful you know like when ben affleck was cast as batman I was like oh he's gonna be great when heath ledger was cast as joker i was like heath ledger and then like 10 seconds i was like i was like all right well i trust chris nolan um, you know, I watched Batman Begins. I trust Chris Nolan. Heath Ledger just literally, you know, was nominated for an Academy Award. And didn't he win? I, no, he was nominated for Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, well, obviously, like, he's got the chops um, for that range. Um, but, like, it just, to me, just kind of, like, mixed. Like, I'm not, like, excited about it. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, he's, like, the perfect fit. He's got the look. He's got the charisma. He, like, he's super, you know, intelligent but cold and calculating. Like, I'm not getting those from Nicholas Holt. Fine actor. You know, and, like, someone goes, you know, like, you need to watch, you know, more things that he's in. I was like, I've seen him in Renfield. I've seen him in I've seen him in the menu or whatever it's called where he's actually pretty good in that. That, like, to me, I've seen him in Tolkien while I was like, what a, like, why am I watching this? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I saw him in Jack the Giant Slayer, which I thought he was fucking horrible in. Like, remember that movie? Remember that abortion? I, I did not see that. <laughs> You're lucky. You're lucky. Um, it was on Sci-Fi Channel, like, 10 years ago. And, like, I kind of got, like, I, it just happened to me. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, yeah. stop. Like, that, that, that's like, the thing with uh, Nicholas Holt. Like he either crushes a role or it, it just completely misses the mark. So and like and like I, it's interesting. Like I trust, I trust, I trust, but I don't trust James Gunn. And I know that sounds weird to say. Like when when Chris Nolan casted, you know, Tom Hardy as Bane, I was like, all right, it's Chris Nolan. I trust him. Heath Ledger, trust him. Like we, Batman Begins, like really good. You know, you know, with the Prestige, Insomnia. Like this dude can, you know, direct actors in his films. I'm not saying James Gunn can't, but I'm just not like I'm just not there yet with him. I'm very hesitant, you know, with like I I just but I feel like I've been burned a lot, you know, in the last five to ten years <laughs> with DC films. You know, like you kind of get excited. Become so jaded. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I just like and there's PTSD involved. Like you know, whenever whenever that DC logo you know <laughs> pops up on screen, like I get like a tick. I'm just like eh, right. Eh, it's, eh. it's like it's like we have an electric dog collar on us, and every time the DC logo shows up, we get a little shock. <laughs> it's kind of so. <laughs> I like him. I'm I'm glad he wasn't Batman in the Batman. I'm glad he wasn't Superman. Um. And what was interesting is if you remember, and maybe I read this wrong, but I remember he's like, like at one point in the casting process, it kind of removed him his name from the, you know, the front runners for Superman, and yeah. and he was looking, he was eyeing the role of Lex Luthor, which I thought was interesting. 
Like he he definitely has like a look to him with a shaved head. But like what Kyle says is accurate. Like, will he have that range? Like we've all been kind of wanting like a very classic take on Lex Luthor. You know, we've really got a good and I, I just wouldn't say good, but a great Lex Luthor and Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. But, like, that's a TV show, like, on the CW. Like, I want to see, you know, the $150 million version of that. It's been a hot minute since we had a prestige actor in a feature film play a traditional Lex Luthor, you know? And, like, like, there's moments in BDS where I really like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. But then, again, like, there's other ways I'm just, like – is he playing like the Jim Carrey Riddler in this film? Is he still in character as uh, Mark Zuckerberg, but Mark Zuckerberg's playing Lex Luthor? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like, like there are just odd choices that were made. You know. Yeah, that that version of Lex Luthor just didn't really fit with the type of story being told, and I'm hopeful that. That's we're not gonna get a weird clash like that for uh, James Gunn's movie. Definitely a stylistic clash for sure. Like I said, it was like if we took uh, like a Joel Schumacher character but put it in a darker, gritty movie. And like, and there, like I said, there's moments in BBS where he's really good. Like especially in, you know, whenever he's talking to the senator, you know, when they're actually at the Capitol and he's giving that speech and everything, just like I'm like, why? Where's the rest of this? Yeah. Like, why is why, why is this not the one version of the character we got the whole time? Like why is like I like the idea of him being you know the billionaire Mark Zuckerberg at the beginning to kind of bring you into the story, bring you into who this person is as Lex Luthor. But with that being said, I'm just kind of like I guess I need to move my mic up a little bit. Um, with that being said. There's just so many – there's so many cho- like acting choices where I wish he would have modulated a little bit, you know, especially when he's on top of – you know, I wouldn't say on top of it, but like the moment with Doomsday where he's with like creating Doomsday and he's on the phone with Batman and like that stuff, I'm just like, man, it's kind of like it's crossing over into camp. Yeah. And I was like uh, – I don't like that's not my Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is not a real estate schemer. He's not a comedic character. And I really do enjoy Gene Hackman in the in the role. Well, that's not Lex Luthor. You know, the closest we've gotten to the Lex Luthor that I've been wanting to see was from the animated series and from Michael Rosenbaum. If there's a way that Nicholas Holt can do that in Superman Legacy, I'm very, very I'll be very, very excited. But uh, it just is. I guess my yeah. question is why? Why Nicholas Holt? Does that um, make sense? See, like the only person that could really answer that would be James Gunn. He's the one that was in there interviewing him or whatnot, and he saw something. There was something about Mike uh, Nicholas Holt that he's like, "Yeah, this is the guy." Right. And so like, I, I, I'm willing to give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to give Nicholas Holt the benefit of the doubt that there there is something there. But we're going to have to wait for a trailer to, to really see it. And what's interesting in regards to, you know, Nicholas Holt being cast as Lex Luthor is like all the other characters that were cast last week. James Gunn kind of came out and like, hey, this is true. And like kind of talked about like, hey, I'm really looking forward to working with these people. Like these people, you know, were basically signed, sealed, ready to go. You know, their deals were ready to go before the the writers and the actors strike. And then, you know, they, they've had to like kind of you know keep it a secret that they were had been had they had been cast in superman legacy like he has not come out and said anything about nicholas holt being cast as lex luthor last i checked you know so it's just interesting like my question is like why him like of all the actors that he saw for you know luthor you know, like he could have had like Daniel Craig, Bradley Cooper, like why Nicholas Holt? I know that I'm 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 guessing he wanted someone who's closer in age to um uh David Cornsweat, someone closer in age to Rachel Brosnahan, like yeah. uh, okay. But how you much know, of a how much of a difference is there between Nicholas Holt and 
David Corn Sweat. Let's find out. <laughs> to oh. the Googles. <laughs> Uh, I think David Corn Sweat is like 28 years old. Yeah, he's like upper 20s. Uh, Nicholas Holt is 33. Um, David Corn Sweat is 30. So they're three year difference. So, but yes, clo- much closer in age, which I, which I'm fine with. Like Brandon, like I was having a conversation with a friend, and they said like one of the problems that they had with. No, Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns is their version of the characters closer in age, whereas whereas Kevin Spacey was like in his fifties and Superman was in his like late twenties. So um inter- it's just it's just interesting to kind of you know that dichotomy, but like why him? What was it that he saw? Was it something in the eyes? Was it a, a, a movie he recently saw? Was it there? Was there some sort of chemistry that you know he had with David Corn Sweat and Lois Lane? Like who? Like I just want him to come out and give some sort of public comment. The reason I like him kind of give like a diatribe. The reason I cast Nicholas Holt is you know these reasons you know, but there wasn't any of that, which is interesting. So you know, maybe what happened was he lost out on the the role being like a lead main character so many times that he just actually started going on a real villain arc and James Gunn just wants to capitalize on his villain arc. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> so anything else? Like I like, I'm like, like I'm kind of a wait to see with, you know, Nicholas Holt. So yeah, don't hate it. Don't like, like it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm not writing it off by any means, but it's not the part of the movie I'm like the most excited about. <laughs> it's I'm on a wait and see kind of basis. I'm on a wait and see. Like it's not a home run for me. It's not like I really think the getting Rachel Brosnahan, David Cornsweat, you know, for me was a home run. This one just feels like a like uh, he'd hit a double with casting. You know, where you really needed someone to hit a grant. Like, like you know, I just felt like when you got the scars guard from. John Wick Four is like there's where there's your, you know I could see him having you know an intellectual conversation with Superman, where you kind of know what you're gonna get with Nicholas Holt. You know his range, you know from his films, and like I said, he's really good in the menu. But I'm just I'm just struggling to see that that take because because I just have he he's been beast for so many years. I just really haven't been a fan of, you know, that version of Beast. <sighs> I don't it's okay. know. It's okay. We got CGI Kelsey Grammer back. Oh, from the Marvels? <laughs> <laughs> Did you go see that? Hell no. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go watch that. I mean, you did go see The Flash, so. And I regret every minute of it. Uh that's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think a good segue into our next conversation. Um, Kyle, my question is, are there too many characters in Superman Legacy? And like, are we getting our, like my biggest complaint? My other big complaint about Batman versus Superman is you had Batman, Superman. So you had you had Superman already kind of established. You had Batman kind of being reestablished. You know, this is our first mm-hmm. live action version of Wonder Woman on the big on the big screen. Lex Luthor, Doomsday. You know, you got Aquaman. You got the Flash in like cameo sequences. Um. You got, you know, you got, you know. Right. I, I'm I'm looking through a list of the cast right now, and it, it does feel a little much right now. And I'm I'm sure with how far away the movie is, there's still more casting to be done. But like we got Hawk Girl, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, Guy Gardner, uh Superman, we got the engineer, Jimmy Olsen, uh Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, e- uh, with Eve, as we already talked about, and Potentially Brainiac still to come. And I'm sure there's there's going to be other characters. So like this already feels like it's a lot 
for a Superman focused movie. Like if you showed me this cast and asked me what movie this was from, I'd be like, oh, this sounds like it's a like a a Justice League type movie. Right. Like this feels like a big team up movie. You have Hot Girl, you have Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, you got Metamorpho. And then there's multiple like big bad characters so it's like right and like what's interesting is like they haven't announced any of the casting for the other members of the authority yeah that's still so that's coming too let's it's just you know and and it's not like the people in these other roles are like no name actors i mean we got like nathan fillion he's in the movie we got obviously nicholas holt just got casted so it's like are these people going to be playing minor roles are they just in there for like a cameo or are they like actually going to be a significant part of the movie. Are they part of the story? I'm not really sure. I almost hope they're not, but I don't know. It's well, that was a big complaint about Batman versus Superman, right? Is there were way too many characters, too many story threads that should have needled through, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah, But like, even with the very long runtime that movie had, it was still overly bloated and felt like it was like two or three projects mashed together. For sure. And like, that was what I was going to say. It's like, you felt that it was bloated. You felt that it it was overstuffed. You felt, you know, as much as we love, uh, I don't know if you love that film, but as much as I enjoy that film, I I still enjoy it somewhat. Excuse me. Um, It's just interesting to kind of like, are we like, that's what I'm kind of afraid of. Like we've seen, you know, you know, you, I've seen what James Gunn has had to say, you know, recently about, you know, casting, you know, this film. Like, he very much said, you know, this is a very Superman, you know, and Lois Lane film. And then you have these other characters that are there to populate it. The main story is Superman and Lois Lane. Okay, I've heard that before, though. I heard that in Superman Returns. I heard that I heard that in Man of Steel. I heard that in Batman versus Superman. Like I've I've been given that dog and pony show now for a number of films and right right now it's just kind of like all right we got green we got Green Lantern we got Hot Girl you got Mister Terrific like Mister Terrific supposed to have his own TV show or film you got Guy Gardner so Guy Gardner is going to show up at some point in you know uh, the Lanterns television show and then I'm sure like a Lanterns film. You, you know hot girl being you know like like being in the film you got the authority you know we just got we just have one or two members of the authority cast it's just kind of like the and the authority is like the anti-justice league they're like the you know they're like the boys essentially you know like what uh, what's happening here they're it's certain to, i'm a, i'm a, here's where i would say like i trust James Gunn is he really can do a really big ensemble film with multiple characters and multiple story threads, you know, obviously as guardians of the galaxy, you know, like, you know, peacemaker, like him being able to do those things. I have faith in, but still it just begs the question. Why so many characters? Like, obviously, we're going to see what kind of like culminates and kind of like gestates from yeah. the film when we see it. July like, I'm a little worried that they're like they're so focused on making sure there's enough characters there to to flesh out this new right. this new universe. It's like we are making the same mistake we right. did with BVS again. Let's slow it down. Let's give everybody I, their own movies first. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree 100 percent. Like. But that's my big concern as well. It's kind of like. You have seen the mistakes of the past. Are you are you repeating those mistakes by having all those characters, which are great? You know, that's very diverse in the characters in this film. Like, you know, like Green Lantern's interesting, especially when it's Guy Gardner and Nathan Fillion playing it, like Hot Girl. Yeah. You know, you just cast the engineer. Now you just cast Lex Luthor. I mean, if Rainiac's in the film, like, you know, like, like. I just don't I just want this to be Superman with Lois Lane or Superman is, you know, that iconic stoic figure that we've all come to love. We've all come to know and learn from and, you know, see the symbol that 
that character and that symbol is. Um, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, I've seen this. I've seen this story play out before. You know, like you had, um, you had that scene in BBS where Ray Fisher's cyborg is kind of being created. You had all, like even as they were small, you know, small sequences. You know, you had the Flash show up multiple times. Um, it's just, it's just what Kyle said is accurate. Like we've been down this road before. How is he doing? How is he going to be? differentiating from the two you know films so i don't know any i I mean does it feel over stuff right now to you or is it just kind of like ptsd or is it kind of like like i've seen this i I think it's mostly just ptsd and not wanting to make the same mistakes we've already made because again this is obviously james sound is not Zack snyder he is a different person he's working with a different group of people he won't necessarily make the same mistake, but there's always a little bit of worry. Like we've been waiting so long for a proper reboot of the DC universe. And it's like, uh, is this actually going to be it? I don't, I don't know. I hope it is. For sure. For sure. And you know, the, the, it, it just like is another version of Wonder Woman going to show up. Are we going to see, you know, members of the Lanterns team? Um, is that going to happen? You know, uh, are we going to get a, you know, Wally West? Is Batman going to show up? Like, I'm the, the, those are my concerns. Like, this film is going to really, uh, it's really going to make or break. It's the first one. It has to work. It has to be the Iron Man of the DC Cinematic Universe. But to me, it's kind of like instead of them doing Man of Steel first and then BVS, it's kind of like, are we doing BVS right now? Obviously, those films are going to be totally different. Like that uh, BVS was, you know, it literally was Dawn of Justice. So it was like the Dawn of the Justice League where Superman Legacy doesn't like just in name. It kind of like like to me, it kind of sounds like I'm giving you just by the the title. Right. I'm the the title is like Superman on all things Superman, but from like, what I've seen so far, that doesn't feel like what we're getting. Right. And it just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, is the focus going to be on Superman or is it going to be, well, I need to have, you know, like in this scene, I got to have, I got to, I got to introduce, you know, the Green Lantern Corps in this scene. I got to, you know, I got to have Wonder Woman show up from the mascara and, you know, this, like, oh, I just God. don't want Superman to be diluted, you know? And, and I feel like that was the big mistake that, you know, the past DC regimes made. It was, we got to catch up the Marvel super fast. Let's, let's, Fast track. Uh, yeah. Forget all the origin movies. Just put every member of the Justice League in the movie and then we can go from there. <laughs> right. Like, let's get, let's. And I felt like Iron Man was kind of like that perfect kind of like segue. Right. Yeah. The, the first Iron Man literally just had, obviously, we had Iron Man, but we had like Nick Fury, we had War Machine, Pepper Potts, Pepper Potts, and then like that. That was it. Like those are like the only like multiple like multiple Marvel characters we had, which is like those four. And they're still very Iron Man centric. And like that was my big complaint with Iron Man Two is like it felt like like this is this is just a trailer for like the next film. Yeah. And I don't want that to be Superman Legacy. Like I want the folks to be on Superman and Lois Lane. I want I want to know his journey, his you know his mythological journey, so to speak of. You know, like of like him becoming, you know, Clark Kent to or Cal Al the Clark Kent to Superman and then Superman and Metropolis Clark Kent. And, you know, like so I don't know. Those are just some like my initial thoughts. I think the casting has been pretty good. There hasn't been the only other complaint I have is like there there hasn't been a real big name, you know, cast in this film. I remember, I remember seeing Robert Downey Jr. You know, having his head shaved. You know, <laughs> months ago, I was like, "Oh my God, he'd be he too would be an amazing um, 
Iron Man, uh, not Iron Man, obviously, uh, an amazing Lex Luthor. So I don't know, like any, any, am I missing anything? I, there's not a whole lot to really bite onto at the moment. I think we're just kind of sitting, waiting for the next big news drop relating to the movie. Who knows how long that'll be? Uh, we're about to hit the end of the year slump where not a not a whole lot happens. So we might be waiting a couple months. Which is, which is interesting that he was able to get um a lot of casting news out. You know this these last few days, like a lot. So and like the other thing, like having the authority in you know Superman Legacy, kind of again, let's like. I'm I really am looking forward. I'm not versed very well in the authority. Like I literally had to watch like four YouTubes, you know, just on who the authority was, like how who created them, like what are their characters, you know, just super interesting kind of look. It's like like Watchmen, but like with more like nods to like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Whereas Watchmen, you kind of like felt like... Yeah, that, that sounds about right. You know, these are just, you know, these characters. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, like, just, it's just, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting seven days to kind of see, like, like Eve Tessmacher, like, did, is she in the movie just as a nod to like the original? There's... Or does she actually have something that's driving the story forward for Lex Luthor and Superman? I don't want characters in the film that are to just be, well, we I need I need uh, I need a uh, I need a male lead that's can talk about these things. Well, let's throw Green Lantern in. Okay, <laughs> story. How does this How does this progress the story for Superman? You know, how is this going to help the hero's journey, so to speak? So, and is the Flash going to go back in time to warn Batman about she's the key? Oh, God. (laughs) Please, no. I don't want to see any more Flash shenanigans. (laughs) I don't think Ezra Miller wants to see any more Flash shenanigans either, so. (laughs) Um... Anything else? Like, we're, like we're, we were going to talk about the tracking for Aquaman 2, but since we're still a month out. Yeah, unfortunately, it's too small out, to see. You know, like, like the what it, what it, I think it was like 32, 44 million, which is pretty low. Those numbers are not good. Um, so we'll, we'll our next episode, we'll kind of, if we can remember, kind of dive into, you know, what the, you know, Aquaman 2. Obviously, we're going to do an Aquaman 2 review, even though. I'd rather eat a June bug than do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Every time someone mentions Aquaman two, I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot that movie existed. Did you see there was a new trailer out the other day. I have not seen the new trailer. It's a minute, 30 seconds. Like I was going to have, I was going to record. We should have, we should, uh, the next, our next episode should be the, uh, preview to Aquaman two. And then Jesus. do a trailer breakdown for the, the, Aquaman 2 trailer that's a minute and 30 seconds long. I already forgot there was an Aquaman 2 trailer and that the movie's coming out next month. The marketing team is at it again. Oh, but or or do you think or do you think they're they have to they have to play it like this way? Just put uh, it out there. The cynical side of me wants to think that they are expecting it to be a, a turd and they're just like, we're just dumping it. Trim as much of the fat of the marketing budget as we can and just try to try to keep what we got. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. Like I want the movie to be good. I want a good buddy cop Aquaman movie. That sounds fun. I just don't like what I've seen so far. It's like kidnapping Aquaman's child. Like, didn't we do this already? Why is the DC films all about kidnapping? You had you had Martha Kent being kidnapped by. You know what's, you know what's funny with the way Aquaman has been characterized in this universe so far. He'd probably care more if you like took his alcohol stash and you had him have him come get his alcohol back. 
Justin is just speechless from this. I forgot that there was that sequence in that film. <laughs> He's like taking selfies at the bar. Remember, remember in the Flash when he got wasted and then he like fell in a puddle and almost drowned. I remember that. Remember when Ezra Miller's tooth falls out in the Flash, and I still don't know why that happened at the end of the film. Oh, I remember when he was naked and and, and flashing everybody in the street. That was funny. And that guy's still directing Batman: Brave and the Bull. <laughs> God damn it. When is the pain going to end? I don't know, but I think that's going to do it for episode 207. Like, we definitely got some casting news out of the way. Definitely talked about, talked about, uh, you know, all the characters in Superman Legacy. Hopefully, hopefully James is able to make sure that this, this film and story is very Superman-centric. Um, cause that's, what's important. It's about Superman. It's not about populating the, the universe. The universe is according to him, the universe is already populated. So, um, there doesn't need to be, you know, a discovery, so to speak of, you know, the different characters and, you know, recruiting for the team, um, in a future justice league film. So anything else that you want to add? I don't I mean, think so. I think I think we've covered everything. I mean, like I said, I, we probably should have recorded, you know, the the Aquaman two second trailer, third trailer. I don't. Know. <laughs> um, I already forgot I mean, that there, exists. There's a there's another rumor that John Logan is writing Batman, uh, Brave and the Bold. I don't know if you know who John Logan is. It sounds vaguely familiar. Like if I read you his credits of the things he's written. You'd be like, all right, I'm like okay, <laughs> okay. You're you're giving me some hope. <laughs> okay, so you're right. He's so he wrote Skyfall. Okay, The Last Samurai. Okay, The Aviator. All right. I'm trying to think what else. Off the, that's just off the top of my head. I'm pulling up the IMBD uh, page real fast. But for whatever I mean, reason, I mean, we're already off to a solid start. <laughs> Whatever reason, the internet on this computer, this Computron, is being slow. So hold on, let me see if I can pull it up this way. Um, let's see if I can do it this way. My apologies for... We are professionals. I mean, it's already that it's already saying that um, he wrote Alien Covenant. Uh, he wrote twenty-seven episodes of Penny Dreadful. He wrote the screenplay for Spectre. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for Hugo. He wrote the the uh, story for Ringo. I'm sorry, he wrote that film too. Uh, Sweeney Todd, he wrote that. He wrote Gladiator. He wrote Any Given Sunday. Okay. So he definitely has like the credits. I mean, there's a couple of duds in there. <laughs> I don't know if I can blame the writing on those necessarily, but... Uh... There's definitely some duds in there. Yeah. I've never seen Ringo, but I, I heard it. I heard, I heard it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I wish, I just wish we could look at what's going on and be like, oh yeah, this is going to be a slam dunk home run touchdown. You know, just like guarantee, knock it out of the park kind of thing. There's always got to be caveats when we look at this. Like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm a little bit worried about this thing. You know, it's, it's never easy. I think I think if you fire the director of Batman Brave and the Bold and have John Logan writing the script, I'm, I yeah. and you get a different director for that film and you have John Logan write the script, I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, I'm I'm really not feeling Andy Muschietti. Uh, yeah, 
I don't think Andy Muschietti's feeling Andy Muschietti anymore. <laughs> so anyway, like that definitely we'll talk about we'll talk about that more on episode two oh eight. So that's gonna do it for episode two oh seven of Shamlin on Batman. Make sure that you are doing all that you can to support this podcast by going to our social media pages, following us, retweeting our tweets, you know, making sure you're commenting, that you're listening. We need your help and your support to continue this podcast going forward. So if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin, and you can follow us on our social media for Twitter at the Shanlin on Bat Podcast on Twitter or the Shanlin on Batman Podcast on Facebook. Um, Kyle does not use social media anymore other than his Twitch. So if you want to uh, watch him stream, you can do that. You can find him on Twitch at. The heck is a Twitch? Are <laughs> you not Twitch? No, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> I, uh, I make YouTube videos. I usually post once a week or so, and I'm, I'm streaming over there a couple times a week That's as well. Years. You tell me you're streaming. I thought, been thinking you've been just, streaming on Twitch. Justin, I haven't been streaming on Twitch in like four years. I said five. <laughs> yeah, you were almost right. I thought you like I I thought I was like oh yeah he's on Twitch no <laughs> well hell no <laughs> well I guess he's not on Twitch so he's he apparently he prefers YouTube over Twitch which I don't know which one's better I'll let the viewers I, decide <laughs> I don't think Cal knows which one's better so I know which one is screwing me over less <laughs> I mean well. <laughs> there's a time and day for all that um, there's a time and place for that yes uh, but that's going to do it for episode 207 thank you for listening peace